Good evening, everyone. Lorenza, our first reading, the prophet Isaiah uh, is speaking to the people, and he's speaking in a time uh, of great um, upheaval. Uh, we may think we have it rough, but back in Isaiah's time, they had it worse than we. And the people also wondered, where is, where is God? What is God doing? So Isaiah is reminding him of his faithfulness and his kindness, uh, and that uh, even in the midst of all the trouble that they were uh, experiencing, that they themselves had things to do. They had to remain faithful. They had to prepare the way. And uh, St. Peter, uh, obviously, he, there must have been some grumbling going on uh, in his community because he's actually referring to the perusia. The perusia is a theological term about uh, a Christ, uh, Christ's appearance and his coming, the second one in particular. But uh, the tricky thing about that Greek word, as with many Greek words, it has these nuances, the subtleness to it. And it doesn't only refer to um, a event, but uh, when you think about when we define Perusia, it's the appearances of the Christ and his presence, and yes, certainly his second coming. So when we take a greater look at uh, what Peter's talking about, uh, it's not just, not just the second coming, but his presence that is always, and then uh, Peter says, look, um, we may consider him to be late, <laughs> but he is not. And furthermore, the reason why, uh, because he's trying to give you more time. More time for what? More time to get things settled. More time to get ourselves right, if you will, with his father. And uh, friends, uh, this is... Uh, Good news for us, too, because uh, people, well, when is Jesus coming back? Well, I'm not going to throw the Peter's words at you, a thousand years, but a day, because uh, then you'll just start counting. Well, this is the 2020. That's, <laughs> that's not the point. The point uh, that Peter's making is, um, in the very thing that Christ, he heard Christ say, I, I want nothing to be lost. My Father wants nothing to be lost. So time is given. And in our world, in linear time, yeah, but in eternity, what is, what is that? What is a blink of an eye? What is a thousand years? What is a million years when you have eternity? That not make any sense. <laughs> it would give you a headache. My friend, St. Mark, um, he begins the gospel. This is the gospel. Remember the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Two Christological statements right from the beginning. And this is of great importance for uh, the evangelist, St. Mark, and for us. It is the most basic understanding of our faith, the belief that uh, Jesus is not only Messiah and Savior, but that he, in fact, is the Son of God, and that everything he says is truth. All that he does uh, creates light. And this is good news for us. That Jesus is the Son of God is one of the things that is unique about our Christian faith and certainly different from other religions. Other religions may have their prophets, and some of them are revered as prophets who spoke on behalf of God. 
and they had wise and holy people, but none uh, are so honored as God. Jesus proclaimed the, in the Gospels as God, not a God, but the God. One in being with the Father and the Holy Spirit. This is the Trinitarian uh, theology. St. Mark gets right to the point and the essence of our faith. Jesus Christ, Son of God, the Anointed One of God. St. Mark's Gospel is the one that is written first, to which Luke and Matthew draw from. And um, it is also the shortest. <laughs> uh, uh, it is also the one where uh, the apostles are probably, <laughs> Mark really jabs at them and shows them as kind of bumbling idiots in the beginning. In his gospel, uh, except for the two brief references uh, to Mary, his mother, St. Mark does not devote um, much time telling us about Jesus' incarnation uh, or about his earthly parents, Joseph and Mary. However, uh, we have St. Matthew and St. Luke uh, for the beautiful stories that they tell us uh, about what took place at the time of the incarnation. My friends, I suspect St. Mark does this um, in order to stress another concept that is essential if we are going to experience then the gospel or the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. St. Mark begins his gospel by telling about John the baptizer. St. Mark, this was important to speak about John the baptizer at the start of his Gospels for uh, two reasons. First, because many people of the time thought John was the Messiah. They thought he was the Savior. And um, John is a visible and powerful prophet. And there had not been one for 400 years. And then appears John. And John is, remember, he is the son of a priest. In, in their time, that was uh, his father was a priest, Zechariah. But St. Mark makes it very clear using John's own words. One mightier than I is coming after me, and I am not worthy to stoop down to untie even his sandals. In the second case, St. Mark puts forth the importance of John's message. Repent and prepare. And Jesus would uh, come out of the water uh, and he would begin his public ministry carrying the same message, repent. Repent. And, and um, my friends, of course, uh, when John the baptizer, uh, when he says repent, it is not just uh, uh, to think of forgiveness, I, I want to be forgiven, uh, or um, or certainly not just penance, is the way the priest would say, okay, you have to say, you know, Ten hundred Hail Marys, <laughs> right? Uh, when John says repent, he means to turn away, to turn away from what you have been doing. And what's really amazing, all these people were coming to John, and by our standards, John was kind of a crazy person. Remember, he was eating cockroaches and honey and living out in the desert and saying these nutty things, and he, was, he dressed like, well... I don't know. If I saw him, I'd be like, whoa, buddy. <laughs> you, know, you and I are going to go to Carl's Jr. first. We're going to go there and get you a good meal. <laughs> you see, uh, 
but something was drawing them to him. I mean, everything should have repulsed the people. Even his message, I mean, even to the religious leaders, you know, he called them out, you vipers. <laughs> but they were drawn to him. And uh, uh, this is incredible. And then he would say, he would say, prepare the way of the Lord. And of course, um, you know, Advent is a, uh, our Advent season is a time for us to prepare spiritually, but I, I know, I know it's a time for everyone preparing their, you know, their Christmas stuff, you know, and the, their house and their <laughs> gifts. And, uh, and that's great. Those are all wonderful things. Uh, but John the Baptizer is talking about preparing your heart and your mind. And um, Advent is a time of expectant hope and this time of preparation. And uh, each one of us, we, we can prepare more. And uh, I think each one of us, uh, we can say, uh, do I love enough God? Mm, probably a little bit more. Always a little bit more. Can we say to ourselves, uh, do I have Christian love and charity for others? Or is it complete? Mm, probably a little bit more. In preparing the way of the Lord, perhaps most of us, uh, we may not have to uh, lay low mountains and hills of pride and ego. Um, uh, no need to do that. But uh, perhaps many of us may not even have valleys of spiritual laziness uh, really to address, or if you will, mortal sin uh, that needs to be eliminated as such to prepare for the Lord's coming. But if we are honest with ourselves and reflect on our lives, we will discover uh, that there are areas where we can love God more, be more faithful, have more confidence. And Sure, and to act with more faith and to treat others with more compassion and with more patience. These are the things, uh, certainly, that John the Baptizer was speaking of. Um, and this is the message of the Gospels. Um, many people mistakenly assume God's kingdom will take little or no effort uh, on our part uh, to be part of it and that it is somehow will come to everyone automatically. Uh, but uh, the Gospels do not tell us that. Jesus certainly did not tell us that. All of God's holy prophets, John the Baptist and St. Mark, tell us uh, quite simply and directly, repent and prepare. How do you do this? Um, you can go back and read the scriptures. You don't need me to tell you. It's there. Uh, another good way was even today, uh, I mean, it was... It was great to see Michelle Heitzman come back and just talk, oh, you know, we had more throughout the day, 100 people. And immediately I'm like, 100 people in the midst of a pandemic? <laughs> it's the pastor in me. And Father, don't worry, everyone was safe. But all the things that were accomplished to the glory of God. This is the exercising of the faith. Prayer, action. This is what we do. My friends, if you, uh, I mean, I can do it very simply for you. I, I, can, I can quote uh, Psalm 15. I can tell you uh, from the prophet Micah, you have been told uh, what God, what is good and what the Lord requires to do justice, to love goodness, and to walk humbly with your God. That is probably one of the other really difficult things for people now, to walk humbly with God. 
It's easy for me because he does all kinds of things to make it so. <laughs> I don't want that for you. <laughs> Let it be another way for you. Hmm? Well, my friends, um, everything seems a little bit off for me. Um, I seem, I feel like I'm behind on some things, and uh, um, so um, it is our tradition here now at St. Nicholas that uh, parishioners will donate poinsettias uh, so that I, um, we can decorate the church. And, uh, um, you know, we certainly, the numbers are down, uh, people, uh, so uh, we still need those to decorate. And so I'm going to ask all of you to do that. Uh, bring any size, any color you want. I know in the past, Father likes white. No, I don't care. Just any color, any size. Just bring it. And I would say for, um, for those uh, that, that you know that haven't been coming because of the pandemic and stuff, uh, perhaps maybe you could reach out to them and ask them, will you bring a poinsettia into the church? Make sure you put the name, either their name or their loved one's names, because they will be gathered, and I bind them all together, and I put them on the altar, and I pray for them. And maybe they can't be here, but maybe the plant will represent them and their loved ones and their friends, and I will pray for them. And maybe this is another way for them to feel attached to the community to do this. So reach out to them. So I know some folks will go to our website and look and others watch and some will listen. Uh, but um, all of you are able to reach out. I know you can because you all have social media. <laughs> so you can reach out to um, our, our family members, our parishioners who haven't been coming and say perhaps just you can bring it into the church, you can bring it into the office. Put your name on it, so on a name tag or with the family so that I can gather and pray. And maybe they can't come at that moment. Maybe they are afraid. Maybe they just... But then let the, the beauty of that plant come, God's created thing. And it will be here and it will be to the glory of God and I will pray for them. I'm hoping that maybe this is another way to help folks to feel connected again uh, with the parish. My friends, so many people feel so lost and without hope. Uh, and uh, I started my homily with, you think you have it bad. <laughs> you just saw Isaiah's community. They really had it bad. Uh, a couple years ago at um, I gave a homily, and I told people, don't get out of the boat. Don't get out of the boat. Stay in the boat. Stay with the church. St. Peter's already said, God's not doing nothing. He's doing something. So to those who are like, well, what is God doing? He's doing something. What am I supposed to do? Assist him. <laughs> That's what we do. Assist him and remain faithful. It's easy to be faithful on your birthday. We remain faithful. We don't get out of the boat. We stay with the faith. That's when you need it the most, when it is the darkest, when it is the most difficult. And then we access each other as community. 
COVID's done a lot of things, but it, it hasn't really destroyed community. It's made community think it in a different way. That's all. Hmm? What do you think? Everyone's uh, the school uh, are continuing with the sale of the wreaths and swags and things. If you haven't got one yet, <clears throat> they'll be outside. All the money goes to our, our school.